0: hello and welcome back to the it gets better podcast i am really excited to sit today and i feel really aligned with today's topic which is going to be all about my journey on mental health medication and i am a proud mental health medication girly okay it has changed my life Hot girls take their meds. Okay, hot girls take their meds, but hot girls who don't, are not on medication and don't need it or don't want it. They're also hot. Don't worry. (laughs) There's a no judgment zone when it comes to medication and everyone's very personal, unique journey with things like medication. But before we get into it, I have an update. Are you ready for a tangent? It's been a long time since a tangent time. This may hurt a few people's feelings. This may upset you. If it does, you can send me a little DM. We can chat it out and I can apologize, but this is going to be for the best. I am for now canceling the YouTube version of this podcast that doesn't mean that it'll never come back it just is not at the right time because I was a YouTuber that was where you know I have a special special place in my heart for YouTube I always will I have a special place in my heart for you guys that found me from YouTube because it's literally where I got my start and YouTube changed my life and I think because of that I always go back and I have this literal like I have a relationship with YouTube that I like can't let it go. And sometimes a part of you has to die to bring a new part of you in. And the idea of putting my podcast on YouTube is not the the problem. It's who I am when I press record with my YouTube camera and I record like I'm a YouTuber. There is something about when you become like camera ready a lot of youtubers might know what i'm talking about when like for for camera you become like you have like a youtube personality like an on-air personality you have to use your voice a certain way you talk like for, for wait, let me give me an example this is how my youtube videos sound hey guys and welcome back to my channel today's video is going to be five steps on how to get blah blah, blah. <laughs> like that's what it sounds like and here we're like just having a convo and when i i quit youtube so many times i have stopped so many freaking times and i knew i like i meant to do the podcast now i know that i meant to talk to an audience and like talk longer form and not give like five tips for this all the time and be able to have more like real conversations and hard topics and things like that and I, I do I will always care about YouTube and the thing is the thing I will always miss is the audience of you know the community from YouTube because I love them so much I love you guys who are from YouTube as well and I hope you will come over to the podcast if you are someone who's been like no YouTube only this is it's not you, it's me. <laughs> it's not YouTube, it's me. When I press record, I just can't I can't get the analytics out of my head. It is become is because when for this, I don't like take the podcast analytics and like make it my worth or something like my self-worth isn't attached to how my podcast performs and neither is Instagram or TikTok like a lot of people like they like if they don't get enough likes or something on Instagram it, it affects their self-worth and I feel so bad when that happens because I get it because that's how I was with YouTube because YouTube was my main platform of income and we can't lie okay I flopped I had a great career on YouTube I would never say I failed at YouTube but it literally changed my life it's you know I made a good career off of it but I'm, I'm at the end of that time and that's okay I had my flop era on YouTube for a while and with the podcast, I actually have started to see traction traction again on my channel, but I noticed that I started, because the only thing I'm posting on my channel right now, or what was, was the video podcast. And I noticed that I started to tailor the podcast to fit YouTube, meaning making the episode shorter so that YouTube would be happy. They don't like 40-minute-long things of me talking, censoring the topics I talk about. And that is literally not the freaking point of this podcast. The point is for us to talk about things like mental health medications. And I've got an episode on my drinking issue that I used to have when I was 15 coming up soon. And you can't talk about those things on YouTube because it will get censored, and you'll get in trouble, and you'll lose, you know, like demonetize and things like that, which shouldn't matter. But because I was on YouTube for so long, I can't seem to get that part off my mind I can't just sit down and record in front of my camera I think it's when I turn the camera on I see the camera I don't know if that makes sense but when I'm sitting here talking it's just like I actually right before I start any podcast I just visualize one of my um, someone who follows me anyone I will like think about someone who's recently dm'd me online about listening to the podcast or something like that and I'll picture that I'm talking to them and that really helps me on YouTube like I just feel like I don't know I have this camera personality and it's not not me it's just more polished and I get obsessed with the analytics and I started doing that I started looking at the analytics and being like oh my gosh they're not listening to this long of an episode so I gotta make it shorter and long story short I don't want to do that like I just want I, I this is like a personal project to me. Um, I am I'm like I post my podcast through this platform where like they can put ads on your show like on their own Um, like not me recording ads and I've literally been turning down ads right now like where it's like for me recording them because I don't want to do that yet because I don't I do think obviously one day I would like to monetize it that there's nothing no shame in that but I just right now want to be comfortable with the podcast um, also I'm using a new mic. So I just realized I got to make sure I'm talking close enough to the this mic. I got to make sure. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just realized I was like, I don't know if I was talking directly into the mic this whole time. We'll find out. Um, and I just, I just want this to be something that I'm, that I'm really proud of. And I feel like is helping someone because because you guys have done so much for me. I want to give back the knowledge. So because of YouTube, you know, having the job of like the financial freedom that YouTube gave me. I was able to put so much time and effort into my self-development, my personal development, my self-growth, my mental health. A lot of people do not have that luxury and I I do not take that lightly. I know that that was a privilege I had to have so much free time to work on myself and it cost a lot of money, but I had that money because of YouTube. So, I know that I there's so because of that what I want to do is be able to give you that information that I learned and paid for. I want to give it back to you for free. And if I do it on YouTube, the thing is, even though it makes sense to give it back on YouTube, it's like I don't give it back properly. I go back to the top three tips for this and I start focusing it on the the wrong way. And I just really want this to be something that at the end of the episode, you're like, wow, this was really helpful for me or like, wow, I really got something from this. You you get what I'm saying? I just want it to be good. And (laughs) I am not to the point i realized with my relationship with YouTube where I can post these on YouTube. Okay. Long story short. And I just want these to be as long as I want. I want to be able to ramble like this. It's been six minutes and 55 seconds and I'm still talking and I haven't even gotten on to the podcast and that's okay because whatever I just burped. I'm so sorry. Okay let's move on that's the whole point is the podcasts are gonna be on podcast platforms only for the time being if you're following me on YouTube and you're like oh my gosh what am I gonna do don't worry I will still be posting shorts on YouTube I will post little clips of the podcast that I think are really good little nuggets on to YouTube shorts and I'll be posting because I know some of you follow me on YouTube and you don't have TikTok or Instagram so I'm gonna also start posting all of my Instagram reels slash TikToks onto YouTube shorts as well so that'll still be, be there for you but long form We're going to cut it for a while, but let's talk about my journey with mental health medication, okay? This is a deep topic. If you have ever wanted medication or if you're against medication, I just want everyone to listen with an open mind and realize everyone's journey is so freaking different. I have been on medication a few different times in my life, and I'm not going to talk about every single time, but I am going to talk about the prior two. So a little while back, I decided that I wanted to get put on a mental health medication and I went and I got diagnosed with ADHD. And I um, specifically went and asked about ADHD. That's why I ended up getting diagnosed with ADHD and I was put on Adderall. Well, Adderall ended up not being my medication, but I didn't know that. And I think that's where mental health... Like medication struggles come from is sometimes we're on the wrong medication and I'm not here saying that you are on the wrong medication again let me just also give a little disclaimer nothing I'm saying in this podcast serves as medical advice (laughs) I am not a professional I am a piece of I'm kidding (laughs) I'm just giving you my personal experience but There's nothing wrong with Adderall. This is not about Adderall specifically. This is just me because sometimes we get put on medication and it's okay to have to like try around different meds to see what fits. And I was put on Adderall and honestly, I liked it. I liked some of the things it did. It gave me a lot of energy and a lot of, um, energy, you know, but I was still struggling so much with my anxiety. I would still feel really depressed sometimes, but it was like, I had this overall energy that even though I would be depressed, I would still get up and do the work. And I thought that was good. I'm like, Oh, maybe this is how it's supposed to be. But every single time I wouldn't take my Adderall, all of my friends and Noah and family can account for this. I was like, I don't think I'm supposed to be on Adderall. And Noah was even like, babe, you know, you can't just stop taking it. It's like stopping and starting, stopping and starting. That can't be good for you. Like, you know you, got, you probably got to give it some time and I did but I it's like something in my body kept telling me every time I didn't take it like stop like my body was it's like literally asking me not to take it I felt like and I wasn't listening to myself and I wasn't trusting that intuition and I was just like okay well, I'll just keep taking it and then I'd feel bad from it and then I wouldn't take, you know it was just back and forth and that was for about a year and It also did cause me just, like, some struggles with food. I've talked about that a little bit on another episode. It, like, made me lose my appetite a little bit, and I started worrying about, like, I don't know. And I didn't want to get into that. This podcast isn't about, like, um, diet culture, but it did kind of make me struggle with those things. And I was like, oh, no, no, like, this is not good. This is not healthy for me. Like, I want to have a good relationship with food. And I went to a new psychiatrist because I also got did my ADHD diagnosis online and I was like you know that psychiatrist gave me the the meds and she honestly gave me the prescription and that was it I had never heard from her again every single month like the medication it was like I use capsule which is like a delivery service every month my refill was ready I never had to call her she never checked in and I don't like that it was through one of those like online platforms that a lot of people talk about like I think one of them I don't want to say the names of them because I don't want to promote them but I've saw I've seen some articles recently that so many people have gotten misdiagnosed because of these these platforms so maybe I should tell you maybe I should um let me just find that but the, what I don't actually don't want to say because what if someone got a diagnosis from there and it changed their life you know I don't want to be shaming something that helped someone else like I said open <laughs> an open conversation no judgment but I use this platform and you know maybe the lady was nice maybe she thought it really was right but I ended up going to a new psychiatrist and I went in person this time and she was like, you do struggle with some symptoms of ADHD. She let me know. She's like, but actually your diagnosis is PTSD. You have complex PTSD. However, the thing with PTSD is it it causes other things. And because my PTSD had been untreated, undiagnosed and untreated for 29 years of my life, it led to depression, anxiety, and some symptoms of ADHD. So she did say, let's start you off with medication for PTSD. They will also combat the anxiety and depression. And in the future, if you still struggle with, you know, um, ADHD-like symptoms, then we can talk about adding in a second medication. But let's start you on this first. So I got put on sertraline, 50 milligrams, which is basically the generic version of Zoloft. And the first thing I did when I got diagnosed is I went on freaking TikTok and I looked up side effects of Sertraline, side effects of Zoloft. Do not do that. Do not do it because all of these videos are like, oh my gosh, it was the worst thing I ever did for myself. And I just went down this rabbit hole of watching people and their horror stories on Sertraline. And then by the time I had my pill in my hand for the first night, I about had a panic attack. I was like, I don't know if I can do it. I'm, I am mean, I can't do it. I'm not trying it. I'm not doing I'm talking so fast. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was like, I just simply cannot do it. But then I did it. I put the pill in my mouth and guess what? It was fine. (laughs) Like I did have a few side effects because it takes about two weeks for it to like your system to adapt. And so for me, I am on 50 milligrams, which I think is one of the, is like the lowest dose. Um, but I started off on, she gave me 25 milligrams for the first week. And then after a week I went up to 50 milligrams just to like kind of slowly let my body adapt. And some of the people on TikTok have these, like, crazy horror stories. And I'm not I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm not saying they're lying. I'm just saying think about any medication you take, anything you do. There's always possible side effects that, like, 1% might have or .001% might have. Obviously, that .001% are the ones that are going to film it and talk about it, you know? So it's, like, that's why that you're going to see that because if I – Like, say if you go to a hotel, like, oh, think about anywhere you go. Like, the people who are more likely to leave a review for, like, a restaurant or something typically have a bad experience. Now, does that mean their experience is incorrect? Absolutely not. It's just sometimes I think our brains are not wired to make positive reinforcement content. Like, we just assume, like, everyone else will know the restaurant is good. And we are, a lot of us tend to leave reviews if it's, like, a bad thing, which is not, something I want to do. I should remember that. I should start leaving more positive reviews all the time. Um, which I I do. Okay. I'm not, (laughs) not some like, I actually really am bad about that side note. I struggle to leave like negative reviews on like Ubers and stuff all the time. So like this could affect someone's job. Like I've had people be so rude and I'm still like, I can't do it. So then I just like won't read it all. But anyways, my point being is everyone's experience is going to be so different and I am so glad that I just went through with it because here were the side effects I struggled with for the first two weeks. I had a little bit of nausea and I'm talking about very slight nausea and it would be like I was laughing about it. I was like, no, oh no, the nausea's here and it would last like an hour when I first took the pill for the first few days and then when I up to 50, the nausea came back for like two more days and it was gone and that was kind of the first overall symptom now the only symptoms I've had since then is every now and then I have night sweats oh I also jaw clenching when I was sleeping because one thing is zoloft really helps zoloft slash search slash sertraline um so I do take sertraline but again it's a generic form of zoloft so if I say zoloft it's just because I feel like most people will be more likely to know what I'm talking about whereas sertraline you're like what the heck is that (laughs) um is um, it helps with your sleep and it helps you to sleep a lot deeper. That's one of the things that happens, like a positive side effect. So you're, they tell you like, it's better at least for me to take my medicine at night because it does make me really sleepy. I get great sleep now. I used to have a lot of night terrors, which apparently is part of my PTSD. Didn't know that. (laughs) And, um, I've been sleeping really well. There were a few nights though that I was like grinding my teeth and clenching my jaw I woke up with like a sore jaw and I've never done that like I've never been someone to clench my jaw or grind my teeth and that did kind of worry me because it wasn't painful or anything but like I would wake up and my jaw was just sore but I haven't been doing that since and it hasn't happened now so I think I think I'm in the clear We'll keep an eye out um but I do have the occasional night sweats like I have woken up and I'm pretty sweaty from while I'm sleeping and that is one of the side effects but honestly it's very minimal I don't wake up like in a pool of sweat it's just I wake up and I'm I got a little sweat you know I got to take a morning shower <laughs> um but I have to tell you I am the happiest and healthiest I've ever been i would take these night sweats any day and also i have the night sweats like once every two weeks like it's not when i say night sweats i'm not every single night like once out of every two weeks i wake up and i might have had some night sweats and it could actually just be because the ac wasn't on it could be because noah's body heat is all over me and the two dogs are laying on me so i don't even know if it's from the Loft. this morning i actually woke up i was like oh man i had some night sweats and i was like oh yeah me too it was hot in here wasn't it i'm like oh wait is that my medicine or is it just that it's just hot in here? We need to turn the AC on. So that's really it. And I have never felt better. Truly. Like I have tried so many natural things in my life and I do love so many natural natural remedies like CBD um, is one that people really love. And I have tried CBD and I do think it has helped with some stuff in the past. Um, ashwagandha. I love ashwagandha. Um, what am I thinking? St. John's wort is one that really helped me. I love other things like meditation. I'm getting my EFT certification right now because I really like e- EFT and yoga and you know physical activity. Those things are great but they just simply weren't doing enough and I wanted I think what happens I didn't even know because my baseline was was lower than someone who doesn't obviously need medication or someone who just doesn't struggle with any sort of depression and I didn't know if the way I felt was how everyone felt and I think that's what really pushed me into trying was into trying medication is I was curious like what does everyone else feel like? Like, I was curious, would I try medication and be like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to feel like? Or was I going to try medication and be like, oh, OK, I don't know if, I, if this is doing that much. And it was like, oh, this is what everyone feels like. And honestly, it's been it's been insane. I used to not be able to pick up the phone by myself. I was too afraid to call my doctor. I mean, if I need to make a nail appointment, I would have no call. And then I wouldn't go usually. I usually would not even go to my nail appointment. I was too scared. I would never walk outside by myself. I couldn't take the train. I used to not be able to drive my own. I went from driving everywhere by myself. I moved to Ohio by myself from Georgia. Once, a few times when I lived in Georgia, I drove to Florida by myself for different YouTube conferences, like Playlist Live, or was it Orlando, Playlist Live, Orlando, that one of them. I did so many crazy things. I flew by myself, um to Ohio when I looked at apartments like I went to Vegas by myself back in the day um like met friends there and stuff and like what on earth all of a sudden I'm like I can't drive my own car like all of a sudden I woke up and I was like oh I can't drive like I had so much anxiety I always felt like all of my friends were out to get me and I that was one of the things is apparently rejection sensitivity is really common with ADHD where you're afraid everyone's going to reject you or like you just you know you're just you really fear rejection that was part of the reason I did get my diagnosed that with ADHD at first but I found out that PTSD also causes that because if I went through something like with my mother where my mom didn't you know she was very hot and cold with telling me she loved me or hated me then I am more likely to be sensitive with people how people feel towards me which does make sense so I have had so many things that were just running my life and now I feel like I can see clearly and that's something I really wanted to make sure I talked about is that A lot of people love to say like, oh, so you're on a happy pill. It must just like mask your emotions. Like you're not really going to be yourself. No, I am more myself. I am myself. Like I remember me like a few years ago before that big incident with my mom happened where I had to cut her out of my life. I remember being someone who just laughed all the time and was so silly and driven and confident and motivated. Like I went to a party by myself where I met Noah, you know, like I would never do those kind of things. And I was just... I don't know. I was loud and I don't, I wasn't even introverted. That's something I've learned recently is I used to talk, I used to think I was an extrovert and in the past like five to seven years, I've been like, no, I'm definitely an introvert. And now I realized, I think I'm, I think I'm both. I think I'm both because I do think (laughs) over time I, I, from being so depressed, I think I did learn to love my, like to just feel comfortable and safe in my own space where growing up I was probably more of an extrovert around my mom because of the fact that I grew up in an unsafe, unhealthy household. So I wanted to leave as much as possible. So that made me feel like I was an extrovert where now I created this really safe home that made me feel like I'm an introvert, but I'm realizing now that I'm on my medication, I'm both. I can love my home and love my me time and love getting to be by myself and recharge but I can also love going out and seeing people and meeting people and being social and that is such a freeing beautiful feeling for me because I never I haven't experienced that in so long and I remember being a little kid who always got the notes written home in my agenda that would say things like Lindsay was talking too much in class you know we love her but you I used they used to always tell my grandma like we love that Lindsay wants to stick up for everyone but let her know sometimes people have to fight their own battle she can't stick up for everyone is that not me? That is literally me, but I lost that part of myself, and it wasn't because I didn't want to stick up for everyone. It was because I was too afraid to use my voice, too afraid to speak up. I was too afraid to be in front of anyone, too afraid to take the stage, and I don't want to miss out on my life. I don't want anyone to miss out on their life because of the judgment someone might might say about medication, and what I want to say is some, I had a lot of people when I first decided to get on medication, friends and family be like, oh, so, you know, they, you've heard this before, like the, the happy pill. Like, is is it a happy pill? It just makes you happy? No. I've actually cried a lot on my Zoloft, too. I have grieved more for my mom than I did the first two years from when she passed. And I think I really needed that. All those times I told you guys I was numb, remember? we I've talked about this a few episodes back. Probably when It was probably like a few months ago when I was saying like how I used to be really numb. Turns out that was part of the depression that was not normal it's not good to be able to like hold your tears in for weeks and like oh I'm gonna plan my cry session three weeks from now my psychiatrist was like that is not that's not that's a healthy girl and I didn't know because it's the only lens I had viewed my life from for a while I mean okay not forever like I said but when something traumatic happens it's kind of like the lens you're viewing your life from just slowly fogs up and you have this fog over your life and it starts to feel like it's always been there because it, re- your brain can really trick you, especially with PTSD I'm learning is like you're, you went through something traumatic and your brain will convince you to like stop living your life so that you can make, try and make sure that nothing traumatic will ever happen again. And like I have to, I can't live like that. And going back to the happy pill reference, I keep backtracking. Medication, my depression medication, my PTSD medication, it is not a happy pill. It is not something that changes the way the world is. It does not make me see a false sense of reality. My medication is like a glasses prescription, contact prescription. It is helping me see the world the way it is for everyone else. It is taking the blurry world that I've seen my whole life and it's giving me a clear view of the world, the way it actually exists. It's not some false perception of reality, some happy pill masking thing. It's fairness. It's fair to want to see the world how everyone else sees it, especially with all the things that you might have gone through, you know, especially with the things that I have gone through. Like, I know that for myself now that I'm on my medication, I'm thinking clearly all the time. I'll hear myself say things now and I'm like, holy crap, have I healed. Holy crap, did that change my life? And it's also made my therapy journey so much better. My psychiatrist was actually, she's really, really great, and was like, I need you, if you're going to be on this medication, I really need you to go back to therapy, which I was planning, I had been in the process when I first started my medication at the time of getting back into therapy, which by the way, I've been on the medication for a while now. I just wanted to wait until I knew how I felt on it because, you know, like sometimes the medication you're on is the wrong one, like it was for me with Adderall, and I didn't want to talk about medication until. I knew I was on the right thing and anything like that just just because I don't, I don't, I don't know, just wanted to make sure. So it has been a while. So I am very comfortable with how I am on it now. But she was saying that in order for me to be prescribed the medication, she really wanted to re- require me to do uh, trauma therapy. So I am in a specific trauma therapy program where I'm going to be, I'm going through EMDR and a lot of like CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. And she even said that with the trauma therapy, there's a chance that, these things could trigger things for me and I'll still struggle and she offered to like if I if that happens if I really struggle she offered to like up my medication if I need that but the thing is I'm, I'm okay with how I am right now I'm not wanting it to take away you know the days when I'm sad like if I go to therapy and I come home and I'm sad that's okay I'll take a day and I'll be sad I'm, I'm okay with that and I am really glad she forced me to stay in therapy I think that's really important um but yeah that's just a little bit of an update on where I've been with it and it's it's crazy because even Noah, like I heard Noah, <laughs> like I heard him like talking, because um, his mom knows that I'm on it. i have been very open with her about it. I was asking his, Noah's mom is a nurse practitioner. Um, most of his, I think, yeah, Noah's mom, da- dad, and sister are, are all in like the medical field. So I just really trust their opinions, and I was, you know, telling them all about it. I'm very, I've been really comfortable with them. They've been very supportive, um, which has been really nice. And so I. I've told Noah's mom about it, and I guess she had, she was called, she called, and before she put, like, Noah always puts her on speakerphone so we can all, we can all talk, but she just asked, like, oh, so how's Lindsay doing? And I heard Noah say, and I literally ran over and hugged him. He was like, I have never heard her laugh so much. He was like, it is so beautiful to hear her laugh all the time again. He's like, you know, she's always been funny and goofy, but she, it's just beautiful to hear her laugh like that. And that, that was what I needed. Because when I was growing up, my mom was very depressed my psychiatrist and my old therapist have both have both said my mom most likely was bipolar when they hear the things that she went through and what things that that happened obviously they can't give her a formal diagnosis without her going but I've had multiple therapists now and psychiatrists say she was most likely undiagnosed bipolar and that's what led to the way she acted you know it also was a combination of her drug addiction and her drug use but I used to beg my mom to try therapy and medication And she was very against those things. She just felt like it was a sign of weakness and a sign of she didn't need it. She thought that, you know, therapists just like to blame you for your problems and make you like she would always say things like that. And I think that's because one time when I went to a counselor when I was younger, they literally were like, your mom is abusive. Like she straight up said that and called the police and it led to this whole thing. That's actually going to be one of my podcast episodes episodes soon where I never actually talked about the time. That I told my, I've talked about it a little bit but not the full story of what happened when the police got involved and it's a really there's a good lesson in it so I want to share that soon but I think my mom just thought because that counselor said hey look what you're doing is wrong my mom was too afraid to look herself in the mirror and realize what she was doing was wrong in my opinion but my whole life I just begged and begged for my mom to get help whether that meant rehab or medication or therapy and she never stuck with any of it she never actually tried medication for mental health but she you know it's and I think about that and the fact that my mom would do illegal drugs and this is not me shaming anyone who's had it I, I know it's in a I know it's like you know a drug addiction is like an it's an illness like it's it is so tough and I have so much sympathy for anyone who's gone through that or struggled with someone they know that's gone through that because it is so hard and it will affect me in the rest of my life I myself have joined a group um, for people who are like family members of addicts and it has been really nice not nice obviously but it, it, no, it is. It's great to be in a space where other people get it because it's something that's really hard to understand unless you've been through it. And my mom would do all the, these illegal drugs, but when it came to mental health medication, she would not take it because she also would say, well, everyone's going to judge me. No, there's no way. I don't need that. I'm not mentally ill. Like She would say these things, and I'm not mocking. I'm saying this is actually what she would say. So it's crazy that my mom was more comfortable taking illegal drugs that made her feel better even though they didn't actually help and they made things worse but she wasn't okay with taking mental health medication because of the stigmas we have to stop with the stigmas you guys we have to realize that people's lives can change if they are open to mental health facilities facilities and you know whatever they need whatever they need for themselves it's okay and um, the fact that I always begged my mom to get help and she wouldn't and I used to always think like my li- I used to think that my life would have been so different if my mom had gotten medication and sometimes I felt like it was unfair that she wouldn't get on medication knowing it could change my life too and so hearing Noah say he just heard me laugh so much and he could just tell how happy I was I was like oh my gosh I made the right decision because I didn't want to look back and all of my family around me had been like I wish she had just tried the medication it really could have changed her life it really could have helped my life like I'm talking about them And I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to, I want, I owe that to the people who are supporting me in here too. Like I want to try it because I know that I was in a place where I needed it. So that's how I feel. That's how I've been on it. It's been the best thing I've ever done, but I want to talk about a few things because I made a post on Instagram that said mental health medication misconceptions. And I want to run through these because I think it's a really important topic because there are a lot of misconceptions and this might help anyone who's either, Thinking these misconceptions, whether for yourself or for a friend, maybe you know someone who wants to get on medication and you've maybe shamed them and you want to change that narrative. Maybe you've shamed yourself. Maybe people have shamed you and you don't know what to say back. Here are some things and responses that I, my, my responses to these misconceptions. Number one, you don't need meds. You're fine. My response to that is just because you can't see my mental illness doesn't believe, doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I was really good at masking and hiding my mental illness from the world online in real life I could hide it for a long time until it got to the point that it overtook me and I couldn't I couldn't hide it anymore and honestly I don't even know if I hid it that well because a lot of you guys will literally tell me that you can tell that I've got this like light back in me I get messages like that all the time like you I can tell how happy you are I'm like oh wait maybe I didn't hide it as best, best as I did but some people I've even had friends like oh you don't need meds Lindsay you're good I'm like just because you didn't see my mental illness doesn't mean it doesn't exist If I stubbed my toe and I said I needed a Band-Aid, nobody would think twice. If I had allergies and I said I need to take some Claritin, nobody would have a problem. There's no difference. Number two, so it's like a happy pill masking your emotions? No. My response is it's more like glasses helping me see the world clearly the way it is for everyone else. You would not look at a child who says, "Oh, mom, I can't read the school, the board at school," and say, mm, "You don't need that." No, you'd be like, "All right, let's get you, let's get you some glasses." Misconception number three: Taking medication makes you weak. No, my response: Taking medication and admitting you need help, whether it's taking medication or admitting you need help and going to therapy or whatever it may be, it makes you really strong for actually admitting you need help because we live in a world where people are too afraid to ask for help. So it's okay to ask for help. Number five, but have you tried exercise? My response is yes. I love moving my body. However, that alone was not enough for my mental illness. Okay. I I could not work out the depression away. I could not work, work out, work out away. I, you know what I'm saying? I couldn't get my PTSD if I ran on the treadmill all day. If I could, that would have been nice. Number five, but it'll change who you are my response is no the right medication shouldn't it should help you be more of who you are it simply relieves some of your symptoms number seven but it's not natural it's not healthy okay and there are people in this world that do not want to live they do not want to be here are you saying that their life is not worth something because they want to take something not natural have you eaten a pop tart lately um have you have you used a vape lately have you eaten Cheerios? Have you have you had a soda? I don't vape, but I've done the other three. I love Cheerios. I love Pop-Tarts. What was the other one? I don't vape. What are the other ones? They said, "Oh, soda." I, you know, I drink the sodas. Okay, those aren't natural either. It's, uh, I mean, I, 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 that one always floors me because I do know a lot of people in the wellness space, and they'll say stuff like, "Well, it's not natural, though." I don't want. Why do you want to give your something your body something nat- like that's not natural? I'm like. I am saying that this made me want to live my life again. Like, how can someone say that? How can someone's response be, but it's not natural when I say that I'm on medication for my, de- for my PTSD and my depression? And they're like, but it's not natural. Oh, that's your response? Like, it'd be different if someone's like, oh, I chose not to take medication because it's not natural. I'd be like, oh, okay. If someone said that to me, I'd say, okay, I really respect your decision. I really respect you for that. But to shame someone else for not for taking it because it's not natural and it's it's going in my body, not theirs. It's like, okay but now I want to live and be happy and I want to do be myself and I'm happy. I said that a few times. I laugh. I cry. The world is so beautiful. What? What? That that one just blows my mind. I don't even know the response for that. It's just if someone's like, but it's not natural. okay and (laughs) okay and if you don't want to take it, don't take it. But like, you know, (laughs) let's let people live their lives. Um, And the last one, is it a magic fix? Nope, not at all. My medication is just one part of a lengthy regimen I do to take care of myself. I do a lot of other stuff but without my medication I lost the ability for a while to do a lot of the stuff I needed such as working out, journaling, going to therapy. My ther- my therapy was overwhelming and it was taking over my life because it was triggering me so much and I didn't realize that because I also really needed that diagnosis because the types of therapy you should be in for PTSD are different for- from regular types of therapy. I actually should not be in talk therapy she explained with someone that is not a trauma specialized therapist because it could actually re-trigger my PTSD. So it's crazy that you know it really it is important to get a proper diagnosis if you're someone who maybe is on medication or you're struggling with your mental health or mental illness and you feel like the answer is wrong the medication you're on is not working it's not right don't be afraid to get a second opinion don't be afraid to go back and say hey like this isn't right it is okay to adv- advocate for yourself it is important to advocate for yourself because you have to do what's right for you and I'm so glad that I spoke up and said hey I can't take this anymore like I've got to try something else And I'm glad I went somewhere else and I'm it's like, now I know this is the right diagnosis because it fits. Like it it fits really well. And I, I'm, I'm proud of myself. I'm really proud of myself. And I'm proud of anyone who's going on this hard journey of life and taking care of themselves, especially in a world that can be filled with a lot of judgment and a lot of shame. And I think what we just need to realize is everyone's life is so different and we shouldn't shame someone for an experience that we may not understand. If someone told me, that they had medication for something else that I've never been on I might be like I might not understand it because I haven't had that diagnosis but I would never be like oh don't take your medication because you don't need it what I'm not their doctor I'm not their doctor I'm not their psychiatrist I'm not them I think this should be a really personal journey but it should be one that we uplift for others if someone comes to us as a friend and says hey I decided to try medication we should say I'm proud of you That's really awesome that you decided to do what's best for you. That's that's really brave that you asked for help. I am really proud of you, and I'm glad that you're doing what's best for you. Let me know if you need anything. I'm here for you. Like it should be uplifting. It shouldn't be oh, but it's not natural. Have you tried working out? Have you tried CBD? Like no, let's stop that conversation. And again, it's okay if you don't want medication for yourself. That's not that's that's not the problem. Everyone should be entitled to making those choices for themselves but let's not take that choice away from someone else or shame them into shame them into not doing what's best for them because that could change someone's life like I would hate to shame someone for medication and my me shaming them is what stopped them from doing something that made them happy in their life again we don't want to do that we're all better than that it's 2023 we're literally better than that you know but this is very long I'm so sorry if this is a lot I just yeah i guess i guess that's there's not much else i can say but cheers to 2023 you guys okay we're leaving behind mental health stigmas where we are telling people to shush if they start shaming us okay and we are being proud of ourselves no matter what we're doing for taking care of ourselves whatever it is that you're doing to take care of yourself whether it's taking a bubble bath whether it's taking a zoloft every night at 7 p.m <laughs> when your alarm goes off so you don't forget whether it's going on a mental health walk whether it's doing eft it's all amazing, and the cool thing is, I'm also going to do those other things. I'm going to do all of it. Um, oh, uh, one other question. Someone asked me online on my, pho- my, my photo talking about this, and was like, um, "How long are you going to be on your medication?" And I think this is something you have to speak about with your doctor because obviously everyone's different. But for me, my therapist said most people with the medication I'm on will typically take it for about two years, and then we will wean me off into a three two to three years. Once I'm completely done with therapy, once my serotonin levels are like, you know, at a good place and that we will wean me off and I won't need it. And then if I ever need it again, that's okay. But yeah, that's my answer for that. Cause I forgot I did have a few questions like that, but I love you all so much. This was kind of a rambly episode. Ooh, <laughs> I hope you're all doing well. Also, sorry, this episode was coming out kind of late tonight because I was struggling with the YouTube idea and I was like, what am I going to do? <laughs> and then also, um, Oh, also, I'm getting my EFT certification. My EF, uh, I'm going to become an EFT practitioner. If you aren't part of my Better Together membership, I highly recommend joining it. I thought I was going to do the month free only for the month of January. I've decided to extend it where anyone who joins at any time, you will automatically get one month free. So if you're like, oh, I don't know if I, if I can do the $22, that's okay. Definitely just try it out for the one month and see how, it, you, know, how you like it. You can cancel it any time before the month is over. And it's totally fine. Like, I'm not going to be mad. And if you decide to stay, that's awesome, too. Um, it's just uh, itgetsbetter.mn.co. itgetsbetter.mn.co. And it's been really nice. I'm going to start doing my EFT sessions over there as well. We do two monthly group coaching calls, which I'm going to start adding the EFT into those. We do a monthly visualization. The last one was incredible. You guys were saying you were crying. Not that I want you to cry, but it was nice that there was some release of emotions that made me feel really good that it was helping you guys. And then the we'll have also one extra call every month, which will be a monthly uh, journaling session. where We're all going to journal together and set our monthly intentions. So it's been really fun if you want to join and I love you so much. I hope you have a fabulous day, and I will talk to you next week. Bye!